Welcome back to the Rain in Your Herd podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode where we will teach you how to harness the power of the internet to grow your online herd. I'm Laura. And I'm April. We can't wait to watch your business grow when you implement what you learn from the podcast. Whether you own a stable or a boarding facility, offer riding lessons and horse training, or are building an online membership for equine education, these tips can help you get more clients. Thanks for tuning in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. If you share your business name in your review, you just might hear it in a future episode. Today on episode eight, we're talking about a content plan for your horse business. Having a content plan gives you clarity about what content you need to create and when. When you align your content plan with your business's goals, you're creating content that will help you reach them. And this is so important. I see so many boarding facilities, stables, horse trainers, and equine service providers trying to be everywhere at once. And they feel like they need to post every day and they end up posting a lot of low quality content that isn't getting them any closer to their goals. Then they get kind of frustrated and they think that social media is a waste of time or that being online is a waste of time when really it's because they're not coming at it from the right angle. So a photo with of a horse with no story isn't going to grow your business. Writing really, really long, emotionally exhausting posts every single day won't help your business. And having a mediocre blog and a mediocre YouTube channel and being on every single social media platform but never fully showing up also won't help your business. So how do you solve this? Really start with your goals. If you want to offer educational content or do horse training videos, YouTube or a podcast are really great places for you. If you really love writing and you want to drive a lot of organic traffic to your website to sell your products or services, a blog is exactly what you need. And if you want to create a Facebook community that will bring you clients, you'll need to be going live in that group at least once a week. So those items are um, examples of big content pieces. And you should choose one of these to do and get it running really, really well before you add another. Consistency is big here, and I know we talk about this a lot, but decide how often you can handle publishing content in one big content piece area and stick to it. So this could be once a week, once a month, or any amount that you can reasonably handle in your business and your life. Yes, I definitely understand that. For my social media, my goals are to like give a lot of tips to um, my equine business friends and help them understand how to grow their businesses online and get that exposure that they need. Um, I like to focus a lot on YouTube. Uh, before, I was focusing a lot on blogging, but I am not a strong writer. I try my best. A lot of times now, um, if because I've wanted to do YouTube and blogging, a lot of times I'll do YouTube and it'll take a lot of the captions from the video and just add that in the blog and kind of edit it from there. But I just wanted to make sure that I was going after what I was strong in in being a little consistent with. Right now, I'll be honest, I'm not so consistent consistent with it because I'm going after my MBA and making sure that all my clients are being consistent with their work. So in my personal business, it's not as con- uh, consistent as I would like it. But that was my ultimate goal is to provide the best tips for the equine businesses like uh, I would create that video, I'd write the blog post, 
And sometimes I'd even have an opt-in. But my ultimate goal was just to make sure that I was staying consistent with getting out those tips. Yes, that's fantastic. Staying consistent is is the key, even when it feels like you're talking to an empty room, because when you're first starting out, you might not have a big audience, but it's still super important to stay consistent and hold on until that audience grows. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. So now let's do our halfway break. Today in our horsey pony update, we're going to talk about our favorite moment on a horse. So my favorite time that I was on a horse was when I went to Iceland. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast yet or not, but um, I might have talked that I left to go on to one. But back at the end of April, my best friend and I went to Iceland. It was like a trip that we had been planning for maybe over a year. And like the last six months, we like really sat down and figured out where we were going. We were only there for like two solid days and we flew on Friday and left Monday and Saturday we rode horses on the beach and um, on the black sand beach. So that was really cool. And after kind of researching a little bit, we found out that some of those scenes were actually like on Game of Thrones and um, Beowulf and a couple other movies. So that was really neat. And um, on Sunday we rode all day. Like we rode in the morning, came back. Uh, because in the morning we rode by the volcano mountains and um the second day or i mean second time we went back out we kind of rode out by the um ocean so that was really neat to be able to do both of them and like we galloped all up and down the hills and like i think i got whiplash a couple times by some rocks coming back (laughs) but it was definitely one of the coolest experiences and learning how to tilt on a horse was really neat and that different type of gait for sure is it very smooth is what is it what would it compare to and something that we would understand uh i think it's a little bit like tennessee the tennessee walking gates but okay it's just really different like they can even pace but um tolting is a little slower than that and i think it's even a different type of movement but only a couple of um icelandic horses i guess can pace it's like their fifth gate but um with the tolting it just like the saddle even has to sit a little further back so that way they can really lift their legs in the front. So, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really and, but yeah. what I really want to know is how did it go after riding and galloping on the beach all day, sitting on a plane to get back to Germany the next day? Oh, yeah. I, I, but my thing is, I don't really feel sore to like two or three days later. So, <laughs> oh, that's good. You got to get home at least before you yeah. left. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think the most thing was like I was just so we were kind of cold because their summer session starts like at the beginning of May and we went at the end of April so it was still pretty cold and we were pretty muddy because we even would go through the water and stuff so like the, and we were had mud up to like our pants they had pants that you could put over your stuff but after the first ride we're like no oh, we don't want to do that again so. Like, because then we had these bright orange pants in all our pictures. <laughs> yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I saw your pictures with the bright orange pants. And in mm-hmm. Alaska, we were they Grundon's rain gear? I can't. I don't know. Like, um, really thick, heavy orange rain pants? Is that what they were? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we wear, like, fishing. Yeah. In Alaska. And I was looking at that. I can't imagine holding a seat. And those pants are yeah. slippery. And I was yeah. 
how the heck did she do that? I would have been sliding yeah. off into the ocean. Yeah, I know. We were like galloping on the beach. So, <laughs> so yeah, we decided the next day not to do the pants. Because I think a lot of times when people go out there, they're beginners and they're not used to the horses. So they wear those because they're just kind of walking and maybe doing a little bit of tilting. But, I mean, we tilted pretty much the whole way. We went to like a little waterfall and then we galloped all the way on the beach so that was pretty cool that is so fun oh my gosh yeah. I'm jealous. yeah definitely bucket list checked off for sure and like the second day my my stirrup broke while we were galloping and um so and it was like a different type of stirrup like almost like um what kids use and you can easily move the stirrups but um so she just tied a knot in it and then it kept on going and still galloped everywhere so <laughs> that's awesome yes well, my favorite moment on a horse is probably in the winter at the horse rescue in Idaho. Many, many volunteers stop coming because it's freezing, freezing cold and not that much fun because it's really muddy and the horses aren't necessarily in a great mood and there's like not a lot of fun to be had other than mucking stalls and feeding because it's snowy. But... I would go out because I was like, okay, if I don't go out, no one else is going to be there. So somebody needs to do this. And I would muck all the stalls and feed. And then I would always try to have a couple, like maybe an hour and a half left over. And when it was snowing, I didn't really ever put a saddle on DT in the wintertime because I wasn't clipping him. His hair was super long. It was going to pull in the cinch. And I didn't want to clip him because it was so cold out. Um, but I would just ride him bareback in the snow. And it's so fun because you're not really scared of falling off because <laughs> there's like all this white fluffy snow to catch you. And we would just go out and trot around in the yard and up and down the road. And the horse rescue is kind of up in the mountains at the end of this dirt road and the road ends there in their driveway. And so you have the road completely to yourself and it's just, everything's quiet and it's snowing and it's beautiful. Those are definitely some of my. That sounds awesome. That's one of my things I want to ride in the snow. Kind of like that deep, t- like, you know, cause a lot of times if I've ridden in the snow, it's just like, it's kind of just on the ground, like easily. And it's almost like packed in it that it's turned into ice. So it's like really not riding in the snow. <laughs> right. No, you want like fluffy, you want your mm-hmm. horse to be working a little bit to get there. <laughs> nice one. Yeah. Yeah, I would like yeah, that's on my bucket list. For sure. Well, okay, we'll switch. I'll go to Iceland and <laughs> we'll switch. So before the break, we talked about your big content pieces. And the next part of your content strategy is your lead magnet that leads to your email list. So every single horse business has to have an email list. Jenna Kutcher calls it building your business on borrowed land, and you do not want to build your business on borrowed land. You own your email list and your website, but you don't own any other social media or search platform. So what would happen if Facebook went away tomorrow? What if YouTube decided you had to pay a million dollars in ad spend to get people to see your videos? These things are completely out of your control. It's not even worth worrying about it because if it happens, it's going to happen to everyone. But if you can get your fans' email addresses, you can always get in contact with them no matter what happens that's outside of your control. So your lead magnet is something that you give your fans in exchange for their email. 
This can be a worksheet, a video, a checklist, a challenge, or some kind of step-by-step plan. I'm sure you've seen a lot of lead magnets out there um, for business and for like horse care, horse riding, all that kind of stuff. And it should be something that your audience needs and they're really excited to get so they don't think twice about giving away their email for it. Once you have that lead magnet, then you start asking for people's emails in the call to action of every big content piece. So if you're on YouTube, you provide value to your audience in your video, and then at the end you say, hey, if you want a copy of my 10 ways to improve your horse's behavior today checklist, follow the link below to grab a copy. That's called a call to action. A call to action is what you're telling people to do after they're done watching your video or reading your blog. So April's gonna talk a lot about email marketing in our next episode, but basically once someone gives you their email and gets a freebie, they're subscribed to your email list and you can start building a relationship with them right there in their inbox. Yes, so to talk about a few types of ideas of lead magnets, um, I'll talk about some that I've created and some I've created for my clients. So. Um, when I first started getting trying to grow my email list, I came up with create a brand board. Um, I thought this was super helpful because a lot of people want to start their own business, uh, equine business, and they just don't know where to get started. And I think one of the very basic things that you need to do is create your brand board, what you want your brand to look like, your colors, your, um, your logo, pretty much even like your font. So I created a blog post. Originally, before I was starting to do my YouTube, I created a blog post step-by-step on how to actually do the brand board, and then I had a link to where you could go and get the brand board, so that way you could follow along. Um, And then I've also done a website checklist. Um, A lot of equine business owners feel like they don't really need a website and that they are just really on Facebook or some other type of social media. So I've done a checklist of like the basic pages you need and why you need them and what it'll do for you for like Google and Google Analytics and when people search for you on Google and Facebook and all of them don't always show up when you they type in your name or location of where you're at. Um, some other ones, I have a lady that does retreats. She does life coaching with horses. And a lot of times she talks about fear. So we did a worksheet for her often as uh, how to overcome fear and it gave a couple of steps um, and it even would link to back to some of the we did a pdf and we had links in the pdf and it would link back to some of her blog posts that one was like about meditation and she had already written a blog post on meditation so we linked it back that way so you can already use content that you have and put it into your freebie um, and she's also like done vision boards and vision sheets um, so we've done the, some of the times we've done that as a freebie too, so that people can see a little bit of like behind the scenes of what happens at a retreat. So, and then I think one other one is I, we did a free video for one of my clients. Uh, she helps women regain confidence when they're working with horses and, um, she's working with a lady right now that's doing horse tapping. So they did a freebie where they just, um, said, you know, uh, put in your email and get this free video on how horse tapping can help you and get, regain your confidence and help your horse. So those are just a few of the magnets that I've worked on. And that horse tapping magnet worked on me. I have it. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yes. And I really need to watch it because I'm always really interested in different ways to, you know, connect, get in their heads. Um, and I keep meaning to watch it. I started watching it while I was doing something else, and then I realized it was a little more involved in that, so I put it aside, and I need to sit down and watch it. <laughs> but we are now almost done with your content plan. So we have those big content pieces that are working to build your online audience and reach your business's goals. And we have your email list so that we're making sure that you're not bar building your business on borrowed land. But now you have to show up somewhere to get your big content pieces in front of more people. So this is where social media platforms come in handy like Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So we talk about every single platform and break down their differences in episode three, and you can go back and listen there if you're not quite sure what platforms you should be on. But again here, we're going to choose one platform and get that one running really, really well, bringing you lots of traffic and new clients before you move into a second one. So when you're posting content on this one, you want to make sure, again, that you're doing it consistently. You're talking about those big content pieces, getting people interested in what you're doing, and really sharing a lot of stories about what's going on with you and your business. Yes, for sure. I'm trying to make the personal, your business, and all your education all at once is a lot of work, but it's definitely doable. Um, for me, for my business, of course, I love horses, and that's why I'm making my business around horses. Um, but I can also talk business-wise and make it more relatable to horse people because I understand what they're going through, what they're doing on a daily basis, and what's more important in their day than posting on social media or how to understand how to get online because I know our industry definitely struggles with that. So I can have that type of language in my content and not all business owners are going to understand that, but horse business owners are going to understand because I put it in like an esoteric language that, oh, that definitely makes more sense to me. Um, and for like my, my YouTube videos, I like to do a lot of videos on tips and tutorials, but then I also do videos on like all horsey things that I like, either it's a subscription box or if it's, um, some type of product that I really love or some types of books. So it has a little bit of everything just showing like what type of person I am and just kind of humanizing it. And sometimes I even like to share posts on like, you know, some of my struggles because hello, we're all human and we do it in it's all business related. Absolutely. Sharing those struggles really makes you relatable. Like we're not just out here preaching that you have to be a perfect person all the time. We totally get that it's hard and we're, in the trenches right with you. Mm -hmm, definitely. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you're ready for some extra help with the online part of your business, you can work with us. I'm April, and I own Make It Rain, where I help equine businesses gain exposure online through creating content, social media management, SEO, email marketing, video editing, and more. Let me work in your business while you can focus on your business. So don't get bogged down with trying to do all the things. Check me out on my makeitrain.com I'm Laura Langfit with Unbridled Content Marketing I can help you with all your writing needs from your website to your social media posts I love to write and if I were to take a wild guess I'd imagine that you don't check out my Facebook group it's called Must Love Horses Small Business Social Media and Content Tips you can get to know me more there don't forget to go out there and rein in your herd